Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Eric Bilsett, we're going to start off the program with some good news. Okay. Because there hasn't been a lot of good news over the last several days, right? No, no. Okay. And this is weird sort of good news, but in some respects it is. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1,088 points as we speak. Now, you might say, Jeff, why is it down? Why is it good news? Because it was down 2,100 an hour and a half ago or so. So it's it's coming. I mean, it's got a long way to go. But it's... It was in a complete and total market free fall, and now it's starting to rebound a little bit. I I think because you get to a point where some traders just say it's just panic selling, and maybe there's some values to be had. So, I mean, it's still down below, it's still down, but now less than a thousand points. And it's just compared to what? Compared to where the market was. I don't know, two hours ago. Mm-hmm. It's better, right? Yeah, yeah, we had another circuit breaker situation where it was down more than 7%, and that stopped trading really early this morning. So there, I, we, guess, yeah, I guess this is, I, well, no, but there I, is I, some I, light here. Well, well, yeah, it might be a train coming the other way, but at the, but, but, <laughs> oh, but at the end of that tunnel. But, but no, it, it, down 1,000 is better than down 2,000. Right. The other interesting thing, this was, I, I'm, a, I'm a soccer fan. You know, it's and so they're right now this week they're playing the Champions League like um, qualifiers to get into the quarterfinals. The Champions League is a big deal because at the end of every season, the best soccer teams in various European countries qualify, mm-hmm. and it's it's a big money deal. They show it in the United States on the TNT. So anyhow, um, yesterday. Paris Saint-Germain, which is a big team, it's probably the, the biggest team in France, was playing a Dortmund out of Germany. And because of the coronavirus, they were playing in front of an empty stadium. So that was the idea. So kind of kind of freaky. Well, here's, here's the sidelight to that. Apparently what happened is you had thousands of soccer fans, PSG fans, who showed up at the stadium anyways and hung out in the parking lot watching the game on like their computers and stuff ah. so it, it it was it sort of if the idea was we're not going to have people interact with each other didn't really work because thousands of people were there and then after so they're cheering and so they're 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 in the parking lot they're outside the stadium but thousands and thousands of people are cheering like they were in the stadium so after the game the players to support and say thank you to all the fans who were cheering them on. The PSG players, apparently they go out on this balcony and they're waving, and a couple of them decide to go down and wade into the crowd. Oh, man. I I mean, it's just, and and again, for everybody who's out there saying, well, okay, you let the games go on and you play in front of empty stadiums, that's kind of what happened. I mean, if, if, for example, the NBA games were going to go on, you know, my guess is you would have a lot of Bucks fans, for example, that would gather 
outside of Pfizer. Yeah, but the number would still be less than the, right. the number inside. Right. Of yeah, it wouldn't be eight thousand, but let's say it's two or three thousand. I mean, you, you still have a large group of people. That, that's sure. that's my only point that people are going to do what people are going to do and it was the point that i i was quoting with favor charles barkley on yesterday's show and he was saying well the only thing is you you can cancel the games but the people are still going to go places i mean okay you you might not go to the game but you're gonna you're going to go out to dinner you're going to go to all these other sorts of things you're going to interact with humans yeah, and I guess uh, I guess the CDC would say as long if you can break down the number any way, any which way, if you can have right. three thousand instead of eight thousand, that's only going to help the numbers right. as far as the the growth of a right. And and there probably is something to that. It's just interesting. Okay, now I spoke too soon because now just in the, those two minutes we've been speaking, stock market's now down fifteen hundred points, dropped five hundred points. It's just up, up. And and what that tells me is it's just panic. I mean, it, it's not. It's just not this rational thing when you're seeing these kind of drops and the sure. sudden swings. But right. day after day, it's just day like, after yeah, day, an hour after hour. Come yeah, on. We will continue to keep you updated on that. Um, obviously, big portion of the show today is going to be devoted to the coronavirus. Not not everything, but this is affecting daily life in so many different ways. As a matter of fact, there's a number of different steps that people are taking or not taking. And I want to, over the course of the next couple hours, discuss our reaction to the coronavirus in a number of specific areas. I want to start with the idea of schools. Now, what's happened is the vast majority of colleges, universities, have decided that they are either going to cancel classes, suspend classes, or suspend in-person instruction. The idea being, all right, we're going to shut down for a little bit, and then what's going to happen is we're not going to have the classes. We're going to try to continue to teach programs online. And and that's true in Wisconsin, and it's true uh, across the, the country. I was telling a story yesterday. My niece is a junior at San Diego State, and, and they've, they've essentially said, no live instruction for the next couple weeks. We're going to try to do these courses online. That That's their reaction to it. But I, I think that's probably pretty consistent with the way colleges and universities are handling things, which is no more in-class, in-person instruction, at least for the immediate future. All right, that's all well and good. At this point in time, though, and as a matter of fact, I think the governor, during his just announcement declaring, you know, a, a statewide health emergency, one of the things that they are not at this point in time doing is recommending that schools, and I'm talking about elementary and secondary schools, close. No suggestion that, you know, a a particular middle school, no suggestion that high schools, no suggestion at this point in time that school districts close the schools. Our number, 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I I throw this out there for the purpose of, of discussion. If We are concerned that, hey, you've got college campuses, and admittedly in college campuses you've got commuters, but you also have lots of kids that live on the campus. But if we are concerned enough to close down public and private universities based on a fear of the coronavirus spreading, should we be doing the same thing 
with public schools, elementary and secondary, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage talk and text line. Gru is lining up the calls. Do we have something, Eric? Yeah, we have some breaking news from ESPN that after a conference call among owners this afternoon, Major League Baseball is expected to suspend spring training and the league will likely delay the beginning of the regular season as well. At this point, it's a formality that ownership level sources expect to happen. Then according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. So as of now, they are expected to suspend spring training and perhaps delay the start of the Major League Baseball season. We expect to learn more as the uh, hours move on here, as Major League Baseball tries to figure this out. Okay, we'll continue to keep you updated. Right now, the aspect of coronavirus that I want to talk about is, should we be considering, should we be closing elementary and secondary schools? I mean, and I guess my question is, if it's good enough to do for colleges other than the fact that it would be a huge inconvenience for parents, should we be doing this for grade schools and high schools and middle schools? What do you think we discuss in just a moment? If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Welcome back. We are going to be discussing a number of the aspects of how the coronavirus is affecting our everyday lives. But I want to start off with the whole notion of of school. Already you have colleges, universities who in general, both in this state and a lot nationally, have decided that they are if either going to suspend classes or alternatively that there's going to be no live classroom instruction. They're going to set it up to do it online. Thus far, the recommendation in Wisconsin has been there's no need to close the public schools, the K through 12 schools. All right, my question is, is that responsible? I mean, if it's bad enough to close the UW-Madison UW or, or Marquette, um, now the question is, you know, should we be doing other things? Okay, um, let's see, 855-616-1620. Let's start with Jamie in Waukesha. Jamie, you're first. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, should we be closing kindergartens and first grades and eighth grade classes? You know, I have to be honest. I think that with spring break coming up so soon, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to just close the schools through now now through spring break. My kids um, are going to be on spring break in a week and a day. They're counting down. <laughs> and um, I just got a call from my daughter uh, who's in middle school. I got a call earlier this morning, and they've been instructed to cl- uh, clean out their lockers and bring everything home. And apparently the rumor is, is that school will be closed tomorrow to disinfect. To disinfect. Now, I don't know. I don't, yeah, to disinfect. And I don't know if that means that it's possible that, you know, they haven't raised the red flags yet to close the schools next week or what, but I just kind of, I'm preparing myself. Now, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so, you know, it's not going to, you know, be horrible to have them home, but I do feel for all those parents who work, and this is just going to be so difficult if they do close the schools. Oh, for any length of time. Yeah, okay, so, okay, so if you were the king, you were the queen, I'm sorry, you're the queen, you're getting to make the, (laughs) you're you're getting to make the, the decision. Based on what we know now, uh, obviously a, a, a very contagious virus, not hitting Wisconsin at this point in time in massive numbers, but still a cause for concern. All right, would you order the schools closed for the foreseeable future? You know, I, that's that's a really tough call. In in my situation, being a stay-at-home mom, 
I wish they would just close them. You know, <laughs> kids are a loose cannon, and you can tell them to wash their hands and wash their hands and wash their hands. Right. But I don't know what they're doing at school. You know, as soon as they walk in the door, it's hand sanitizer, wash your hands, keep your hands off your face. But, you know, in the end, if we can, if we can slow the spread right. and, you know, try to get a, a hold on, you know, what can be done to treat it better, to stop the spread, then what's, what's it going to hurt if we, if we close them? You know, right. spring break is right around the corner anyway. Okay, thanks for the call. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I have an opinion on this, and I'll share it, but I, I am, I'm genuinely curious as to what your reaction is and how how you are responding to all this information that's out there. Here's a text, Jeff. What are all the parents supposed to do? You might as well shut down everything then because parents aren't going to be able to work in order to take care of all those kids that won't be going to school. In college, the students aren't affecting their parents by staying home. Okay, and, and, I, and I appreciate that. that that's true. There, there's a bigger ripple effect. But at the same time, I guess the flip side would be if our justification for closing the, the colleges and universities is we, we don't want this thing to spread and we don't want more people to get sick. All right, is, is the college university experience, is that different than the K through 12 experience? And are our concerns different? Let's talk to Gary in Milwaukee. Gary, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, thank you for taking the call. Yes, um, my feeling is I, I say keep the schools open, the kindergarten through uh, 12th grade. Uh, for the simple fact that you have, these are local students and teachers and everything, whereas your university and colleges, you have uh, possible uh, professors and students coming from uh, different places and everything if, if you're so hyped up about uh, the uh, disease. Uh, you know, the disease has to be con- you contact the disease by uh, contacting a person that's contagious. Mm-hmm. Well, Wisconsin is low in that right, right now, and uh, I think I think people are just taking this this uh, uh, thing a little bit too far. Okay, so, uh, so should, it's you, you think we should be looked out for, but it's it's too too much. Do you think that we are then overreacting by the colleges and universities either closing or suspending classes or, or getting rid of like the classroom instruction for the foreseeable future? Do you think that's an overreaction? I I think. Yes, I do. I, I think it's uh, a lot of things are overreaction. And uh, as I said, uh, you know, you, you're going to become, you're going to contact the disease by somebody that's contagious. Yeah. Now, how many people in Wisconsin have they found that have the, have the contagious disease? A very small number. A very low number. Right. So, so Wisconsin Wisconsin's going to go overboard compared to Seattle. I don't think that's right. Okay. I think you have to look at it, each individual's uh, situation and evaluate it that way. Right. Got it. Now, thanks. Now, the, the, the flip side argument to that would be we're, we're trying to contain this while it plays out its course. And so the argument would be, let's say you haven't been exposed to, to someone that has coronavirus. Well, OK, you keep the kids home. I'm just making the argument. You keep the kids home. And so it reduces the risk, the chance that they're going to go to school and then be exposed to somebody who might be a carrier because they've been exposed to it. So, I mean, the argument would be, yes, there's only a small number of people who've contracted this in in the state of Wisconsin now. 
the best way to make sure most people don't contract it, again, while it runs its course, however you're going to define that, would be to, to keep people at home. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Again, we're discussing various aspects of the coronavirus. I want to start with the question of, should we be closing the schools like colleges and universities are? We continue the conversation in a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Here's an interesting text. Just came in a couple minutes ago. Jeff, I am one of the pilots who evacuated Americans from Wuhan last month. I've been to China several times in the last two years, including overnights in Wuhan about a year ago. Last spring, I came home with the same symptoms as COVID-19, and I've never had a cough so dry in my lungs. I had the chills first and a weird dry cough. Not sure what it was, but I did quarantine myself in my home as that was my last flight of the month. None of my four kids nor my wife got what I had. It's possible to use normal preventive practices and keep your family safe. That said, I'm usually very careful about what I touch and when anyway, perhaps more so than most. All right. We're closing down colleges and universities. We're suspending in suspending in classroom instruction. It's a different dynamic. Only five reported cases. One of those people is already better. But as another texter is pointing out, that the idea is to try to be proactive. You 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 want to stop the spread. So should we be closing down grade schools, middle schools, and high schools? Rick and Muskego. Rick, thanks for waiting here on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Um, first off, there's not a mechanism in place right now to allow school districts to even do that. Um, they, they have to get their 180 days in. Um, they, they can close for snow emergencies and things as such, but, you know, any prolonged things or, or, or having kids switching to online um, would require something from the department. The legislature. Of, yeah, or, and the department. Yeah, they'd have, the to wa- they'd have to so, waive that, that day thing, right, for any prolonged right, period of time, you know, right. So, so, I mean, that, that that's a big concern I think the school districts are looking at right now. Um, I, I My personal opinion is right now I think it'd be too early to do that, but I think they should they should definitely be right now putting a plan in place. So if they had to pull the plug on it, they should. But before they even do that, I think what they, they ought to be looking at is, you know, small smaller incremental common sense safety things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's not do, let's not do you know, like, indoor track meets and, um, you know, maybe suspending sports and musicals and things like that. We're going to have large groups gathering. Um, start with the elementary and, and kindergartens if you're going to start, you know, suspending classes altogether because, um, you know, a teacher will probably argue with me on this, but um, I don't think that instruction is quite as critical as, you know, a high school student that's going to be entering college soon. Well, I guess um, my other so, question would be if we were to, let's say, close the schools, um, mm-hmm. my question is going to be then, then what's going to happen to the kids? I mean, are we, are with the expectation, <laughs> no, I'm sure, I mean, would the expectation be that no, they're I going agree. to sit at home, <laughs> or are are the kids going to be out playing? You know, are, are they going to be sure. on the playgrounds? Are they going to you know, go to the shopping malls and things like that? And if, if that's what the alternative is, that they're still going to be interacting, I'm kind of with you. It seems to me at this point in time, it, it's just as, it, it, it's, it's six one half dozen the other. Send them to schools, but do what you're talking about. You know, hand sanitizer, watch out for this type of stuff, you know, and, and deal with it, like you were saying, in an incremental fashion. 
Right. And, but, and if they do send them home, you're right. I mean, those are all, I mean, there's a, there's a huge trickle down on that one. My wife and I had that discussion yesterday. She, she has a, um, she's a director at her, the company she works with. And one of the employees were talking that some mom was like, well, if my kids are home, that means I can't work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then companies are going to have to start figuring a way of get, let, allowing more and more employees to telecommute during this yep. time. Um, that, you know, it, it's just such a trickle down mess that, you know, all right. this has to be taken into consideration. And, and, Definitely, it can't be just the schools acting on that. The, if if the schools are do cancel on a wide ba- wide you know area basis, the state government has to come in and then start quarantining areas and saying no, kids can't be going out and playing in playgrounds and things like that. You know, because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're right. You you have to keep they're better controlled in the school than they would be just well, yeah. running around anywhere. Right. I mean, no, no, thank, and I, I mean, and I, and I raise this question. I'm not trying to be flip about it. I mean, I, I just raise this question seriously. So, okay. Let's say you, you've now closed the school so the kids are at home. All right, so you're, you're a mom or you're a dad or whatever, and, okay, the kids are getting squirrely being inside the house, and there's only so many SpongeBob reruns that you can put on. So then you say, okay, well, we're going to go do something. Well, all right, what, what, what are you going to take the kids to the health club? Here, we're okay, so we're going to all go to the gym. Or I, I just, I mean, I raise these questions because if, if you're going to be out in public, well, then you do, I mean, I guess run the risk of picking up, you know, it up there. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be an alarmist. And I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm saying these are some of the very real issues that you have to face. Let's talk to Josh in Oak Creek. Josh, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, um, basically it's about flattening the curve so that people are trickling in and the healthcare industry doesn't get overwhelmed, right? Right, right. Um, and... So it doesn't make sense to cancel, like, colleges, universities. Um, elementary, like you said, the, the last caller trickled down, kind of. Um, like right. 40% of nurses have kids. So right. are they going to stay home taking care of people that are sick? So right. it does make sense to cancel certain things, but maybe not elementary school or right. where kids would have to have someone watch them. Right. And, and also, I mean, one of the other things is, as this has played out in China, Children have been healthy. Children have been a very at very small risk compared to to other people. Now nobody wants to get sick, and the kids can of course spread it. But there, there are certain risk groups that I think are higher than some of the kids. So if that, thanks, to, I mean the, 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 it's a reasonable thing. Now obviously. You know, and you had the report during our bottom of the hour news. There's there's a school district in New York where, you know, somebody had tested positive for coronavirus. And so what they did is they, they sent the kids home. They've closed school tomorrow and they're going to, like, disinfect and then decide what the next step is. Th- to me, that sounds like a reasonable sort of thing. I guess I, I'm not at the point right now where I think it's bad enough that you need to close all the schools just because of the, and, you know, one of the callers was using the phrase trickle-down. I, I don't even know that I'd say trickle-down. You start closing all the, the schools, and, you know, you're going to have a huge impact on people's lives. Now, I understand you, you don't want people to get sick, etc. You just have to balance the degree of, of the reaction. John in Madison. John, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Scott. Being an educator for 30 years, I, you guys, the previous callers hit it right on the button. You do things in increments. Uh, the one thing is, though, down the line, if this, per, you know, spreads, you know, like it could in other countries, you got to let school districts and teachers, and they're very resilient and very 
proactive of getting things in line of what may occur down the line. Right. Like right now, to pull them out of school, not not healthy. I commend uh, uh, Mr. Henderson of having the state tournament yet. It's a fluid situation, right. just like schools will be a fluid situation. But I think the biggest thing, and teachers are very good at with new technology and new ways of teaching, because you don't teach one way is to get prepared for maybe a period of time of maybe one to two weeks where you may not have your kids right. every day, or you may not have them for three. And I think that's where we're at. We're in an incremental stage. They should not be pulled, but like the previous caller said, the governor and the state government's got to step in and right. not make districts worry about making requirements and not and oh, adapt yeah. to the situation. But, but I would say no, not to pull them yet. But it, again, it, it could, and who knows what 36 to 72 hours could right. be. Right. Exactly. No, thanks for calling. You're, you're, see, that, that's, that's it. I, I mean, I, I think you have to approach this. And this has kind of been one of my themes for the last few days is this has become more of a problem. I'm not poo-pooing the problem. And, and obviously what you want to do is you want to do everything you possibly can to, to stop the spread of this. At the same time, you, you know, you have to say, okay, are we really at this point where we need to shut the country down for weeks, et cetera, et cetera? You have to find that balancing based on risk and, and reward. I agree with you. I think if I was a school district right now, I would be figuring out what my plan B is, figuring out, hey, okay, Lord forbid, you know, we get some kid that tests positive, you know, for this. All right, what what are we going to do then? And maybe, again, okay, what's our ability to do online instruction? You know, do we extend spring break for an extra week? Something like that. I, I'd be trying to figure out what my contingency plans are. But at this point in time, I, I wouldn't be saying, okay, we're, we're going to close all the schools. Okay, now here's a text from Walk. Jeff, I think schools should err on the side of caution and close, maybe starting next week, simply because kids can be carriers of the virus and not exhibit any symptoms. I, again, I, I think you have to start being proactive and start figuring it out. The, the, there's a big conference call this morning at the company I work for. I don't think I'm, don't think I'm telling stuff out of school, but, what, what they essentially have done is they have given the green light to people, not on-air people, and not people like my producer, Gru, who works to keep me on the air, but for people who aren't on-air who can telecommute. Like, for example, you know, the sales folks, they, they've said, okay, you don't have to come into the office if, if you feel uncomfortable or you don't want to do it. So you know, a lot of the marketing people, it's like, okay, we're going to allow you to work from home. And I think they've kind of like scaled back. I was supposed to have a meeting tomorrow, and and the, the salesperson said, "Hey, maybe what we can do is we can instead of doing this in person meeting, we can just we can set up a conference call. You know, would you be okay with that?" I'm saying, "Yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever you end up wanting to do." And I'm sure there's all sorts of companies that are kind of thinking along those lines as well. It's trying to be proactive, trying to take incremental steps. And if I was a school administrator, I would be making that plan. Would I be shutting down? The eighth grade at this point, no. Back with more in just a minute. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So, very glad to have you with us. Okay, when the show started 50 minutes ago, I was saying, hey, the, the Dow Jones, it's, it's now only down 900. It was down 2,000. 
Um, Dow, Dow Jones down 1,700. So it, it's still up from the bottom, but still just kind of a, a brutal day. And it is the panic in connection with coronavirus, some of which is probably well-deserved because there's a number of industries that are taking just a big hit. I mean, you know, I, I feel bad for the people who run travel companies or cruise lines or, or airline, the airline industry that's experiencing massive cancellations. My only thought is that this, too, will, will pass. Um, but short-term, there's going to be some problems. Hey, uh, if you're a Marquette fan or you're a basketball fan, this is so very cool. From the sidelines to life off the court, the all-new production, Maguire by Dick Enberg. It's a one-person show. This iteration stars Anthony Cravello, who's a movie and television star from Milwaukee, as a matter of fact. Anyhow, this show, and I've seen it once before, it shares the stories of the guy so adored by so many at Marquette and beyond. All this week... All this week, each day, I'm going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see McGuire by Dick Enberg at the Northern Lights Theater at the Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. Goes to PaysBig.com for more information. And sometime between now and 3, we will um, we will give away those tickets. Okay, lots more coming up about coronavirus. But like I said, I, didn't, I don't want to make the whole show about coronavirus because there are other things going on in the world. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. I... A number of years ago, the local newspaper came up and and they kind of bootstrapped on to this national effort um, called PolitiFact. And the idea behind PolitiFact was that you would take statements that politicians or, I don't know, public figures made, and you would fact check it. And, And in theory... It's a really, really good idea, okay, because how, how do you know, you know what's true and what's not true? Now, in practical application, PolitiFact really, in my opinion at least, hasn't worked out that well because there, there's an inherent bias among the reporters in deciding what they're going to PolitiFact. Okay, what statement by what politician are we going to take, and are we going to decide that then we're going to determine whether or not this is is true or not? So PolitiFact often becomes politi-opinion, and you can kind of tell that from what they choose and the way they approach it. And then sometimes PolitiFact just becomes downright silly. All right, and and there's a current one. I I, I I tweeted this out yesterday because actually, um, State Representative Jim Steinke, you know Steinke, he he focused on this, and I I had to comment on this. All right, there is a Republican legislator, okay, um, and the Republican legislator ended up um, they they were talking about the response, the the adequacy of the government's response to coronavirus, etc. Et and the the response that one of the Republican legislators said was, OK, but the, this coronavirus isn't killing that many people. And uh, here the bottom line is more people have died from knowing Hillary Clinton than from the coronavirus. OK, so that's that that's the statement. Now, you can argue that 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 comment, which was clearly made tongue in cheek, you can argue that it was in poor taste you could argue that it's not funny. You can argue that it's mean spirit. All, all those different types of things. All right. And flip side is, you know, people would say, okay, people object to this, have no sense of humor. All right, wh- whatever. So I, I, I appreciate it. I'm not defending the comment necessarily. I'm not arguing that the joke was funny. Politifact decides to do this. 
they run this column by a guy named Eric Litke, and and they, they politifact the accuracy. They call up the legislature and legislator and say, "Where is your information? Where is the research that say more people have died from knowing Hillary Clinton than coronavirus?" To which the response is, "It's a joke, for goodness sakes." Now again, you can say it's a bad joke, but. But it's it's a joke. It was clearly meant tongue in cheek. And anybody with an IQ above plant life would know that it was a, a joke. But they run the, this column. Oh, this is you know, pants on fire. There's no evidence to say that more people have died knowing Hillary Clinton than um, from knowing Hillary Clinton, Clinton than um, owing the, the coronavirus. Of course, it was a joke. It might have been a bad joke. It might have been a joke in poor taste. But. This is is what you're doing PolitiFact on. I sent out a tweet yesterday, and it said, you know, Exhibit A is to why reading newspapers often makes you dumber. Um, quite honestly, in my opinion, this is an example of why PolitiFact jumped the shark a long time ago. And for the record, lest I be PolitiFact on this, for the record, the phrase jump the shark is an expression I am not claiming that reporters are actually jumping over sharks. Just saying. Back with more in just a couple minutes. W277-CV and WTMJ Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ. All right, coming up in the next 10 minutes, another aspect of how coronavirus may or may not be affecting our daily lives. I, I do want to make one point. During the, the break, we received a phone call from, from somebody whose who's child was studying in in Spain and after the president's announcement that there was going to be the, this travel ban it, it really it started a, a panic of from parents in this country in many respects who are trying to get their kids back from studying overseas i mentioned yesterday about how uh, my my niece was scheduled to spend her first semester of her senior year in spain and her college kind of canceled that uh, the, the one thing that kind of got lost in the president's speech last night this travel ban applies to foreign nationals. It does not apply to U.S. citizens and green card holders or their spouses and and children. So I think there was some degree of miscommunication to that. Now, what the airlines do, I I don't know. But if you're a U.S. citizen and you're studying abroad, for example, you're you're going to, assuming you're able to find a flight, you're going to be able to come back into this country. The travel ban right now is aimed at foreign nationals. All right. When we come back, another aspect of daily life being affected by the coronavirus. Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Yeah, Eric Bill said that this coronavirus, it, it's, it's interesting how it's starting to impact you know, people's just lives on, on a daily, on an interesting basis. And like, like for example, tonight, my, I, my, my granddaughter, my wife's granddaughter, has been involved in this like seven-week-long big fundraising project to raise money for the Lymphoma and Leukemia mm. Society. And, okay. You know, and matter of fact, I, I had them on at the start of this, and the, during the course of this, you solicit donations from people, and then there's a big gala 
at the end of the and the Gale is scheduled for tonight. Ah. And you have all these different high school kids from all these different high schools in the area, and they go out and they get um, donations you know, for, for auction items and stuff. And we were helping her out. Actually, had a couple like cool auction items sure. for it. Um, uh, friends of ours donated some really, really nice tickets to the Bucks game next Thursday. As a matter of fact, I was going to bid on. You know, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I was no, I was going to bid because it's you know I, I haven't been to a Bucks game this year, and, and so I was going to bid on them. And there were all these other different projects. Well, this was going to be a gala, and it, hundreds and hundreds of people mm-hmm. scheduled to be held tonight, six o'clock at the um, the city, the Hilton City Center on on Wisconsin Avenue, okay, the, old, yeah. the old Mark Plaza, yep. they, the Hilton. Um, my wife just sends me a note saying gala canceled. You know, because again, yeah. but I was thinking. I mean, it it is. It was be several hundred people that were there and and it's i mean it's clearly i think the smart thing to do because my guess is a lot of people wouldn't have come anyways be you know even if they hadn't canceled oh, sure. it, you know a lot of people would have just said uh you know we're not going to go so they're going to cancel it and they're going to reschedule it but it's it's these little things that i mean you feel really bad because i know these kids have been working their tails off for weeks and weeks to try to pull this off to raise a lot of money for a really good cause. And I, I mean, I get why they do it. It's just unfortunate. Have you noticed, like, are little things like, have you, are you picking up on now? Like I saw two people shake hands today and I was like, I, well, it, <laughs> so, no, yeah, what are you guys doing? Okay. It's, it's funny. You should mention that I, at th- this morning I had, um, I had agreed to do an interview for the, this project, that, that's being done in connection with the Democratic National Convention coming here, and it's about democracy and stuff. And so I, I agreed the 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 journalist um, Mary Louise Schumacher, who used to be oh, the yeah. art critic for mm-hmm. the Journal Sentinel, yep. and a, a photographer who I think also used to work for the Journal Sentinel. Anyways, they're, they're putting it's a really cool project. I'll probably talk about it at some point in time. But I, I was they they came in to interview me at eight o'clock this morning, so they they came over and we did an in person interview that was actually before. You know, our good karma brands who we work for is now suggesting you don't interact right, with yes. people. They're discouraging. But anyhow, so we had this interview at eight o'clock, but it was the same thing. They they, they come in. I, I meet them in the, the lobby and, uh, you know, Mary Louise, she, she shakes, extends her hand. And I said, well, you know, our, our policy around here is we're just supposed to not. And yeah. so then we ended up kind of jokingly doing the elbow thing. Oh, and yeah. that's, oh, but yeah. that that's how it was. I said, you know, it's just it's kind of that that thing and yeah I, i've seen uh pictures of like all the girls that were at city hall today for a special girls day event and i thought of it i thought about it then i'm like look at all of them in there together all you know in tight quarters i, I watched some of the basketball game last night the big 10 game that was taking place the iu game and they're all right. sweating and fred hoiberg the coach is like sick with right. the flu and i'm like what am i it's all i'm thinking about well, now well yeah well you know it is interesting and and I always, I always try to find. I said this yesterday: silver linings and dark clouds. And, and look, there, there's not, there's not a lot of silver linings you can look at this coronavirus, sure. other than the fact that I think at some point in time it's going to run its course and we're going to get back to normal. So right. I just don't know when that's going to be. But one of the silver linings is it, it is I think making a lot of us. You know, get more serious about hygiene issues. I mean, I I, I carry my little bottle of hand sanitizer mm-hmm. now, and I've always had these, but I've never carried them. And, and now I've kind of gotten into this habit of after I touch things, just pulling out my yeah, little right. bottle of hand sanitizer, and it's it's easy, it's quick, it's quick, it takes five seconds, and I. My guess is I'm going to continue doing that after this. See, this. I wonder about that. You think we'll go back? I don't know. I, I, part of me wonders if we'll ever go back or if we'll always forever. Um, will we go back to normal where 
you know, we're all touching each other's faces again and shaking hands and forgetting that this ever happened three months ago. Well, I think there'll be, I I mean, I think it's going to be both. But I mean, like I say, I mean, I can easily see moving forward because I've I've gotten into the habit of using the hand sanitizer. My guess is I'm going to continue to do that. Now, will you stop shaking hands? Uh, that that's kind of a yeah, that, I, I don't that know that elbow about that. thing could get pretty good you know that could be know, new it's, trend <laughs> it's just not the same but it, but it is it's, it's interesting how it's kind of affecting all all our individual lives so anyway I feel I feel bad for these kids who've just worked their butts off for this yeah, big event and, and they'll they'll I, they will reschedule it they'll they'll have it and they'll do the, the fundraising and the stuffs there but I mean for example the i mean some of the auction items i the we had through through friends arrange tickets to the bucks game next thursday night well okay that's there's not going to be a bucks game right. next thursday night now do they reschedule it i i don't know i'm also a little bit bummed out because um i had the I was gonna. I was gonna be going to the game Monday night too with an advertiser here. I, I had the, I, the TMJ tickets that are really oh, pretty good. Yeah. Haven't been all year. I, I don't rate high enough up on the scale that I, I get them. But uh, that's it. The other thing that has changed for the better, and this is kind of giving our listeners a, giving listeners a, a look behind the, the screen, is today they passed out these little. These little, like they're like condoms that you put over the microphones. <laughs> I don't, there's probably a better way to describe them. Well, but, but okay. that, all right, but it, it, normally we we they're talk, not rubber. No, but, but they're they're these like foam things. They're like little, like they're like they, like I guess they call them mufflers or whatever. But they they fit over the microphone. So right. instead of me speaking directly into the microphone, I'm speaking through this. This this muffler thing, mm-hmm. this foam thing, yeah. and they gave them out to all of us, all all the on air people. And the idea is, you're you're supposed to take yours when your shift is over, and then bring it back the next day. And actually, it's something that makes incredible success. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense that you know, okay, you know, why we all get really close, and you know, why do I need to be breathing Scafidi's germs, or <laughs> or why does McCure need to be breathing yeah, my right. germs, or I stuff do. like that? No, I do, and I I mean, and I, my guess is. You know, this is now going to be standard practice at the company that we're all going to have our little microphone condom mufflers or whatever. <laughs> I think the correct term is mutters. Mutters is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, but what, yeah. windscreen. Windscreen. Or well, okay, we could say windscreen. People would know that. I say like a microphone condom. They yeah, understand what yeah. I am talking about. A right? mic prophylactic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's right. It, it's, it's there, but it's one of these changes that is perhaps going to be made for the better. All right. I, I want to talk again that a lot of this program is devoted to how the coronavirus is affecting our everyday lives. I have received over the course of the last 24 hours a number of emails from people and photographs from people about their experience when they are going shopping. Uh, and and I will I will kind of summarize this. Jeff, I just went over to the local Walmart. Here's a picture of the toilet paper aisle. It's gone. There's no toilet paper in the aisle. I talk, and I'm paraphrasing, but but I'm hearing these reports. You know, I I talked to the clerks. They said they just got got a big shipment in at 8 o'clock this morning. It was gone by noon. So you have people that are rushing to the stores, presumably in advance or concern about some massive quarantine and are are buying the stores out of paper towels and tissues 
and toilet paper and bottled water and things of the like. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I, I want to debate this issue with you. I think it is perfectly reasonable to say, look, I, I in the event that something happens and the stores are closed for a limited period of time or something, I want to I want to have a a few day supply of stuff. So, I mean, I understand if you have some canned soup on hand. I understand if you have peanut butter on hand. I understand if you have, you know, enough toilet paper to to last you for a, a week or so. But that's not what's going on. You have people that are going out and they're buying months worth of supplies of 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 paper goods and foodstuffs and, and water in anticipation of, gee, maybe there's going to be coming a time when I'm not going to be able to to go to a grocery store. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, there's two aspects of this. First of all, are, are you seeing this scarcity as well? When you go to, whether it's Costco or Walmart or Meyer or Sendex, are you, or Pick and Save or wherever, are you noticing that there have been runs on certain types of products? And then, I guess, related to that, th- does it make sense to you? Now, again, I, I understand it always makes sense to have, you know, a couple-day supply of dog food and bottled water and, and things like that and, and peanut butter or whatever. But but the idea, have we reached a point, are we worried enough about this that we now feel compelled to to stock up so that we could last 30 or 60 or 90 or 120 days without having to go to the grocery store. And to me, I, I'm just, I, I'm trying to take a reasonable approach of the, on this. Yes, we have a couple of cases of bottled water at the house. Yes, we have, you know, some of those big rolls of toilet paper that would last us for a while. Yeah, we've got a couple jars of peanut butter that are there. But I will tell you, if you're looking to, you know, find a place that you can live for six months on on the foods, we don't have it because I, I just don't think it's ever going to come to that. Is is that naive? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What are you seeing? And I, perhaps more importantly, what are you doing? Are are you into the survivalist mode here. We we need to stock up. We need a six month supply of of dry goods and canned soup, or is that overreacting? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. One of our listeners just texted me a picture of the Walmart in Beaver Dam. And the the the, the section with cleaning products. It's essentially empty. <laughs> it just it, It's empty. Here's a text. Jeff, I went to Costco and Grafton this morning. I have never seen so many people there, not at Christmas or Black Friday, and I have been going there for years. Jeff, I am not stockpiling toilet paper. I just need some. And Myers in Pewaukee had bare shelves. Heard Walmart in Pewaukee is also out. I don't understand the stockpiling up of this. Um, Jeff, I'm seeing folks panicking and stocking up. My comment to the cashier at Costco was, wait till this is all over. Everybody will be returning all these items. That's from uh, Laura. Jeff, I have seen shelves bare of some things. I think it's completely idiotic. This is not the bluebonic plague, for goodness sakes. Um, 
Uh, Jeff, unfortunately, it's time for me to obtain those items now as part of my regular household replenishment. Now there's probably not going to be any for me. Um, that's it. Jeff, I went looking for hand sanitizer and wipes for my kids' classrooms on two separate occasions. Everywhere is sold out. I wanted to provide the classroom with supplies to help get rid of whatever the flu keeps getting passed around the classroom. Please spread the word. Stop hoarding. Jeff, uh, this is from Eric in Random Lake. A coworker told me Costco was sold out of toilet paper. I just happened to run into a Walgreens and the shelf was almost, quote unquote, wiped bare of toilet paper. The people ahead of me were buying it. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are you seeing this? And is the response, I, I don't know, is the response almost irrational? Now, again, I, I understand you, you want to have a backup plan, right? I understand you don't want to run out of toilet paper, but does that mean that you need a six-month supply of toilet paper? Does it mean you need a six-month supply of Campbell's soup? Does it need mean you need a six-month supply or a year's supply of sanitary wipe-down things or whatever? Uh, Gianni in Montello, you're on WTMJ. Oh, oh thanks for taking my call, yes, sir. Hey, um, yeah, I, I think that um, uh, a one-month supply of uh, necessities and staples is is about enough. And I, when you start buying into the, you know, the six-month or nine-month, uh, that deprives other people that might yeah. might need those supplies as well whether, whether it's you know it's hand sanitizer or toilet paper wipes um there, there's an ethical uh element to this so I, I i stock up for one month but i think this is way overblown um yeah well, I, I do jeff and i think it's going to burn out in probably in in may well i mean th- thanks for, i mean I, I think it's i mean i i it, at some point in time I, I mean i think there is going to be a a quote-unquote return to normalcy and and I, I certainly hope there is, and I certainly think there is. I just don't know when that's going to be. Is it going to be next Monday? Is it going to be two weeks from Monday? I, I just don't know. Maybe you're right, it's May. And again, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be thoughtful and plan ahead. But I have some texters who pointed out that even in China, you know, the, provo- the, the, the provinces where you had this huge outbreak, that they still had stores open. Now they had limits as to, you know, how much stuff that you can buy. But, but there is, it strikes me, this element of panic that is out there. And again, I, there, there's a fine line because you might say, well, okay, what, uh, I, look, I get it. Maybe if you're somebody that goes to the grocery store every day, all right, maybe you're sitting there thinking, hey, you know, maybe, maybe this is going to get bad and maybe the stores will be closed for a little bit or maybe there'll be this issue or that issue. So I, I want I want a few days here. I, I I understand that. And I think that's that's just prudent. Like I say, I think it's always prudent to have. I don't know. I mean, it, it, you know, a tornado could blow through and you could have no power for a few days or, you know, whatever. So I think it's always prudent to have a, a stockpile around the house of stuff that's going to get you through it, whether it's bottled water or peanut butter or, or whatever. But this idea that I got to go and buy, you know, six months supply of things, really, I mean, I've told this story before. It reminds me in some respects of what was happening around Y2K. For those, if you're too young to remember this, it, once we were turning the year two. There was this whole scare that the computer systems 
weren't going to be able to to appreciate the the year. You know, they they're not weren't going to be able to go from 1999 to 2000, and bank the computers would be crashing all over the world, and planes wouldn't be able to fly, and banks wouldn't be able to open, and and you had all these people who were saying you got to stockpile. And I, I I swear I took call after call after call from folks who were survivalists, um, and, and they were saying, oh you you got to you know have like six months to a year supply of dry goods in your basement and all because this is what's going to happen. And generally speaking, the people that were pushing that were people who had interest in businesses that sold that kind of stuff. Um, let's talk to Bill in Kewaskum. Hi, Bill. Hi. A little off topic, but uh, I have a good friend who works for the porta potty business. You know what those are? Those porta right. potties. Well, what's happening is inside the porta potties nowadays, they have hand sanitizers attached to the wall in there, and they're ripping them off the wall and sealing them. And uh, and the other thing, too, is a lot of these companies that are having uh, festivals or concerts or whatnot that are coming up, they're all canceling. Um, so now that they don't need any porta-potties anymore, it's really hurting their business. So oh, it's another example of uh, panic that, um, yeah. that might not be uh, – you know, oh, ab- ab- right. No, thanks. And, and how this uh, that affects the industry. As a matter of fact, um, we're going to transition in this next segment to to an industry that I am really very curious as to how it is going to react and how you are going to react to this industry because of the coronavirus. Stick around. That's coming up in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. All right, my favorite text of the day. Jeff, no anger here. But if you talk about this virus again, I'm going to go to another station. I'll check in tomorrow to see if you talk about something I'm interested in. I usually enjoy your topics, um, but it's you, TV, and radio, and media people's fault. It's our fault that they are canceling things because all you do is talk about the virus. If you would stop talking about it and making it so ridiculous, people might calm down. Well... I'm sorry, because we're going <laughs> to. Here, here's the bottom line. I'm talking about coronavirus because that's what everybody is talking about. I'm talking about coronavirus because people are buying all the toilet paper they can find off the shelves at Walmart. I'm talking about it because they're canceling sports seasons and they're canceling concerts and they're canceling fundraising events that my wife's granddaughter has been working for weeks on. And I get it all. And and I appreciate that it, it's, it wears on you. I, I do. Um, and I simply wish... I wish that those of us in the media in general, and me in particular, I, I wish I had enough effect so that if I could if I could just talk about something else, that the stock market wouldn't be down 1,900 points today and down four or 5,000 over the course of the last few days. But that's not it. It's, and the truth is, this is, this is a big deal. Now, you can argue that it's overblown. You can over- argue that people are overreacting. And that's why I think we need to have a, a common sense conversation about it. But the point of the fact of the matter is when you're canceling the NCAA basketball tournament, when you're saying we're going to suspend the NBA season, when you're saying, hey, um, we're, we're shutting down baseball spring training and we might be delaying opening day, it, it, it's a big deal. These are the things that start to affect all of us. And what's going on is this is affecting businesses. You know, before the break, we had a call from a guy who had the friend who works in the porta potty business, and he was talking about how these porta potties are being vandalized by people stealing the hand sanitizer, but also about how you know they have all these commitments for um, events 
and these events are all being canceled, and so people are canceling the orders, and it affects that business. I mean, you talk to somebody in the airline industry now, and I, I mean, if this isn't happening already, my guess is you're going to have, you're going to start seeing massive layoffs because this is, this it it is reminiscent to me in a in a different way. But I'm talking about reaction. It's reminiscent to me of, of the aftermath of September 11th, 2001, where people, you know, even once planes started flying, people weren't flying on on planes. It took a while to come back. You've got cruise lines. You know, the travel industry is huge, not only in the United States but you know overseas. And you have these cruise lines that are announcing, hey, we're suspending all our cruises for the next 60 or 90 days or whatever the number is. That that not only affects the cruise lines, but I mean, what about all the the areas, the ports, the cities uh, along the Danube and the Rhine, the two cruises that we took over the last couple of years that are dependent on tourism? Well, okay, all all of a sudden, all these restaurants and shops and bars and all those type of things, people stop coming. It has a dramatic effect. So you can say it's the media hyping it. You can say people are talking about it too much, but the reality is this thing is starting to impact all of our daily lives in various fashions, which brings me to the aspect of this that I want to discuss next. We talked yesterday on the program about how in Las Vegas, a number of, and Las Vegas is the home of the the all-you-can-eat buffet. Almost every major hotel has a buffet. I stay at the MGM Grand. They have a buffet. It's not by any stretch of the imagination the best buffet in Las Vegas, but I know it. It's close. And when I'm there with my brother, we make a point of starting our day at the buffet. My wife passes on it because she's like, I can't eat enough to make it worthwhile. So you guys go and and have fun. I'll get a banana or something like that. And she's healthier than we are, but we like the buffet. Anyhow, MGM and the MGM properties, which include like New York, New York, and Bellagio, and Mandalay Bay, they've announced that they're closing for the foreseeable future their their buffets. They're not closing their restaurants, and they're not closing the casinos, but they're closing their buffets because, you know, I, I think they're concerned about, you know, people you know reaching out and touching food and using the same tongs and things like that. All right, so that's all well and good. That's the buffets. Right now, we're starting to see also more and more people deciding that while this coronavirus or concerns about it are front and center, more and more people are saying they're planning on not going out to restaurants at all or not going out to restaurants as much. I'm looking at a survey that just appeared in uh, USA Today this morning. And the headline is, not on the menu for many these days, uh, dining out. Uh, One-third of Americans say they plan to stick closer to home and dine at restaurants less frequently, according to a study released by a restaurant industry research group. And the idea, not just buffets, but people are less inclined to go out to eat. Well, the restaurant industry is, is, of course, huge in this city, in this region, in this state, in the country. And it's not just the restaurants themselves and all the servers who work at the restaurants and the cooks, but it's, of course, all the businesses that supply stuff to the restaurants, the the food providers, the linen providers, all those different types of things, to the point that if people, out of fear of the coronavirus, decide that they're going to be dining out 
less, especially markedly less than they used to, that's going to have a huge effect on that industry and then a trickle-down effect on other industries. So let's tee this up. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Do you anticipate that you will be dining out less as a result of concerns about the coronavirus uh, and and whether that's gee i i'm i just don't want to be around i i don't want to be in restaurants where there's a bunch of people um or i i just i'm i'm concerned that you know i might run into bartenders or servers or something i mean how is this affecting you is this affecting your decision that, you know, I used to love going to that Friday night fish fry, but, you know, maybe I'm going to pass on that. Or, you know, I, I love Wednesday night spaghetti night down at Gru's place, and we always go there. But, you know, I'm rethinking that. All right. Are you changing your dining habits as a result of this? If so, why? If not, why? I'll tell you where I come down on this in just a moment. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is the restaurant industry going to take a hit because of coronavirus fears? If you're on the line, please hold on. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Samuel in Genesee. Samuel, good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine, sir. Yep. Great. Uh, my uh, behavior is going to be impacted going out to dinner, uh, not because I'm afraid of uh, catching the virus, but we all have to remember that we're all in- interconnected. Uh, our economy is interconnected both nationally and internationally. Yeah. And where there are additional costs that going up, it's going to affect other things. So, uh, I can't necessarily afford or have the time to go out because my lifestyle and my life has changed. Right. Well, and me, to, to, to your point about the the one thing leading to another. All right. The 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 Bucks are getting we're getting ready to start a big home stand where I think they played like six of their next seven games at home. When, whenever they have a home game. It, it, it has a huge impact on the local revenue because it's not just 18,000 right. people going to Fiserv. Typically, like, I, was, I was supposed to go Monday night. We were going to go out to dinner beforehand. You know, so, so we're not going to go to, you know, I, I'm going to have to park my car. And then I'm, we were going to go to dinner. Well, we're not going to go down. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do Monday night, but I'm not going to go to the place that I was going to go to dinner in, you know, in the shadow of Fiserv. So th- those businesses end up getting hurt. You're right. There's a huge ripple effect, I guess, from these various decisions. Right. And it's not because of my fear. It's because my schedule has changed. Yeah. I'm going to be working more uh, and maybe getting paid less. And that means that I have to make changes in my life. Right. So it's not a fear. It's just the ripple effect of right. one thing causes another. And it's not direct. Right. It's mostly indirect. No, exactly. No, no, thanks to call. I mean, again, there's, you know, the, the, the success of the Bucks have led to, you know, just that huge explosion in the restaurant and bars down in, in that area around Pfizer Forum. Okay. Well, they're, they're not going to be playing for at least 
who knows? Let's say let's say it's two weeks. It's probably going to be longer, but let's say it's two weeks. They're not going to be playing. Well, all those those dates where the restaurants and the bars were figuring, hey, we're going to be packed. There's not going to be people that are going to be. It's not that they wouldn't necessarily go out to eat, but it's that they're they're not down in that area, so they're not going to be going out to eat at those places that they otherwise would. And that affects the restaurants, and it affects the servers, and it affects the cooks, and it affects everybody. But what about the larger question of, you know, are, are you just reluctant to go out to eat in the first place? Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. I'm, I would not be reluctant unless I heard something specific from a credible source, such as, TMJ is reporting that the fry person at place X has uh, had the virus right, and yeah. sneezed. Yeah, right. But as a general but, no, rule, I'm... if you had plans to, to go out with friends on Saturday night to a restaurant, you're not going to you're not going to change those because of concern with this. No, no, because like that, that'll that'll add up, and it does make me concerned about local restaurants such as a certain burger slash custard place I was at last night that I noticed was much less busy even though their flavors were awesome. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Well, that's, I mean, that's it. I mean, here's a text, Jeff. We will continue to go as long as restaurants are open. Will most restaurants have an option to even remain open due to many things beyond their control? I, you know, that, that I guess, be, becomes you know the issue and the concern there i i just i i i do i don't want to poo poo the, the coronavirus and I, I hope i'm i'm not and at the same time i don't want to overhype the, these fears i want to have what i consider to be a rational conversation about this I, it in my view it's not the bubonic plague it, this isn't going to cause me to not come to work to work. It's not going to cause me to not continue to to live my life. It's not going to cause me to, again, not go out to restaurants. But it is going to cause me to try to be smart about things. And that's like more hand sanitizer and stuff and and things like that. But I I do think that this is going to be kind of a a, a tough time as more and more, more people kind of decide well, I, I don't know. Do I do I not want to interact? Go to places where I'm going to have to interact with folks. But I'm I I'm going out to dinner tonight. We were supposed to go to this this charity thing that got canceled. My wife just said, "You want to go with some of our friends to to dinner?" I said, "Absolutely." I, I mean, yeah. Let's our our night is cleared up. Yes, we we will go out and do that. There's no basketball game on TV or the radio to listen to. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go out with some friends. We'll, we'll have a good time. I'm not going to be afraid to do that. I am afraid, though, that if this goes on for any length of time, it's going to have a serious economic effect on a lot of a lot of businesses, which might be a little bit more fragile than, than you think, and a lot of people who perhaps you know work, for example, in the service industry, you know, you know, and and work paycheck to paycheck. So that's why I, I think my plan is, you know, if if. If you if you typically tip your server twelve percent and they do a good job, maybe go up to sixteen percent if you can afford it. I mean, just th- those little things because I think it's going to be a tough time for some of these businesses while we work our way through our reaction to this coronavirus. And for everybody who says, "Oh, you're talking about it," you're being an alarmist. I firmly believe we will work our way through this. I, I can't tell you when. But I, I, there is going to be a return to normalcy at some point in time. And I guess while we're doing that, I'm not going to be running to Costco and trying to buy a six-month supply of toilet paper. Maybe I'll turn out to be the chump. But I, I just, 
my my years of experience tell me it, it's not going to be that situation and 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 maybe maybe i'll I'll regret saying hey we're going to go out to dinner and we're going to continue to interact but i just i'm going to live my life that's just the bottom line i'm going to try to be smart i'm not going to do crazy things i'm not going to take unreasonable risks i'm not going to hang around people who are sick and i'm not going to try to make other people sick i'm going to try to be responsible but at the same time i'm not going to be a hermit period this is jeff wagner Okay, here's one of the other aspects of the coronavirus affecting everyday life in our entertainment world. It, 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 the whole idea is entertainment. I'm getting a number of texts. You know, what about Summerfest? Well, Summerfest isn't making any decisions now. I mean, Summerfest isn't until late June, and, and here we're in mid-March. So I, I'm, I'm sure, as with many places, they're kind of taking a, a wait-and-see attitude. But th- this is already having a big impact, certainly on the spring concert season, South by Southwest, which is a big tech music thing in Austin, that's been canceled or postponed. Um, Coachella, which is a huge music thing in California, that's been canceled or postponed. For those of you who um, were planning to go see Kenny Chesney, who was at Miller Park on April 25th, that has been postponed. Um, apparently, Kenny Chesney has announced that they're going to delay their their tour by his tour by at least a month. So don't know what the new date is going to be. But if you're planning to see Kenny Chesney at Miller Park on April 25th, no, it, it, that's not the case. Pearl Jam, um, they've postponed their upcoming tour. And the list goes on and on. And we're starting to get into the spring-summer concert season. And and nobody knows how long this is going to, to last. But it's, again, of these situations where until we see how this virus plays its court, runs its course, and it will run its course. That's just the bottom line. It's going to run its course at some point in time. But we don't know when that's going to happen. You are starting to see th- these everyday sort of things. Hey, I was looking forward to going to the Kenny Chesney concert. Well, not not going to happen, at least not going to happen on April 25th. Hopefully, you know, we'll get a handle of, on things in the next week or two weeks or three weeks, and it's not going to affect huge events like Summerfest and things of the like. But right now, if you were planning to go see a big show over the course of the Princess. next 30 or 60 days, you might want to check it out. All right. When we come back. Well, there's more to discuss, including the effect of the virus on the world of sports. Are people overreacting? We'll discuss. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the program. Greg Matzik, I asked you to hang around for a minute. Did I understand your report that... Regardless of whether the NCAA decides to go ahead with the men's basketball tournament or not, Kansas and Duke, two perennial NCAA powers, they're regardless. Is that what the report was? Yeah, so a consecutive tweet sent by uh, reliable sources, Field Yates of ESPN, says Duke has suspended all athletics indefinitely. If there is an NCAA tournament, one of the top teams in the country will not take part in it. And the very next tweet in my timeline from Adam Schefter of ESPN says, top-ranked Kansas is also withdrawn from the NCAA tournament. So to me, it's an indication that the Blue Bloods are going to force the NCAA's hand here. Um, and maybe they're working behind closed doors to try and figure out a solid and concrete plan, whether it's canceling or postponing. Uh, but if it goes on as scheduled, Duke and Kansas will not participate. Right. And it would seem to me, when you say suspending the athletic programs, that I mean, I guess I don't know if they're going to continue at practices and things like that, but you suspend your athletic program, 
you're they're not working out. I mean, it would take it would take you a while to gear up again to be ready for the basketball games, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, you think about it from the Major League Baseball side of it too. If they postpone spring training here for the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League or cancel it. Where do players go? Do they go home? Do they stay and train in Arizona and in Florida? And then is there a, a two-week mini spring training to get them caught up or you know, back into the flow before right. the regular season begins? So you know, the timing of all this is, is really interesting. Now, I, when I, I happened to be watching television last night when they, they announced that the NBA was suspending their season. And one of the things, I think it was the Dallas coach, Rick Carlisle, he, he said his understanding was even though the season was being suspended, Team activities were not, and, and which implied to me that they, they were going to keep the teams together and presumably continue to practice or do whatever so they could pick up the games if there was a decision made to resume them. Well, in the last I heard, the Bucks did not practice today and that the Boston Celtics were stuck in Milwaukee. Uh, their plane right. arrived last night, and, and they were stuck. I don't know if they're still in Milwaukee, but uh, the Bucks and Celtics were supposed to play tonight. Of course, that game's not going to happen. Right. It would just seem to me... From if, if you want to, at some point in time, continue the season, whether it's a regular season or pick up with the playoffs or whatever, you wouldn't let the players scatter. I mean, you, you wouldn't say, okay, you, you, know, you, you, you guys all go back to your homes or wherever where we, don't, where we can't control who it is that you have contact with or anything like that. That's true. And now the latest reports from the NBA are that it'll be a minimal 30-day delay in the season. So that makes you wonder. You're talking about you know mid-April, and that's when the season is supposed to end. Does the regular season just come to an end, and then you start with the playoffs in mid-April, or are teams going to be allowed to play a couple of games on the back end of the regular season, but not every game uh, that'll be missed due to coronavirus? These remain huge questions, and, and obviously there's a lot of dollars at stake here, Jeff, but I'm hopeful that, that teams and ownership can look more to this health and safety versus the bottom line. Well, right, and and also when we we talk about the bottom line, though, as we were discussing in the last hour, it's it it, it goes well beyond the NBA teams or the NBA players. I mean, I have to tell you the truth, the people I feel the worst for are the people, the the little folks who, who's quote unquote little folks whose livelihoods are related to the games. The the ushers that work at Fiserv, you know, who if who work on a game by game basis, who aren't going to get paid. The vendors and all the all the the bars and the restaurants in the area, for example, just around Fiserv, but you know, extend that around the whole country. Who you know, there's not going to be eighteen thousand people in that area tonight going to those bars and eating at those restaurants. Yeah, huge economic impact, and, and kudos to Mark Cuban of the Mavericks, uh, the team owners, saying that those people you're talking about, there's a plan in place to compensate them for time lost. Right, and it, it, he's talking about like his his employees at least, but still. It just it's going to be huge because it, it what, that doesn't take into account all the people that work at the restaurants yeah, sure. around yeah. where the Dallas Arena is. No, Absolutely, just I mean it, it's that kind of trickle down or that ripple effect that people don't think about. You know the the NBA players are going to be fine. You know they're, they're going to get their paychecks and stuff, but it's it's that. What do you think about baseball? I mean how how long do you have any idea any guess? Well, you know, you've got a couple different states putting out these orders that say no mass gatherings. So the Bay Area, where the Oakland A's and the San Francisco Giants play, they would not be able to start their season at the end of March anyway. Uh, And in the case of the Seattle Mariners, there's a a Seattle Metro ban of mass gatherings, and the Mariners are supposed to open with a seven-game homestand. So I don't know at what point you can begin your season, but I also know that for different states, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's a more severe out in New York than it is in Utah right now. And, and how do you 
how do you separate one state from the next? I don't know that you really can. Uh, and it's got to be a really collective effort here. But I'm also not thinking that it's in the best interest of the teams to shut down spring training for three right. weeks and then just start the regular season right. in the snap of a finger. I don't think you can do that. Right, and, and to my point earlier, I also don't think you can... you, you got to keep the players together. I just don't think you can let, let them scatter and say, okay, you, know, well, you, you guys go wherever you're going to go and have contact with whoever you're going to have contact with and then come on back and we'll, we'll get together. You want to try to, you would think, keep them in some sort of controlled environment where you're limiting the, the people. Yeah, and I know baseball and, and basketball get a lot of attention in this, Jeff, and, and rightfully so. They're top of mind and, and part of our everyday. I, I really feel bad. My heart hurts for some of the athletes for the non-revenue generating sure. sports, and this is their last hurrah to be an All-American or a conference champion uh, as seniors, and all of a sudden their season is just over. And in some cases, their career is just over. Well, to that point, what, what's the big event this summer? It's the Olympics. Yeah. You know, in, in Tokyo, there, I think that's supposed to start, what, sometime in July. It's, you know, so you have people who've worked their entire life for that one opportunity, and you know, who knows what's going to happen there, because that uh, Olympic village, you know, we always kid around about you know, all the sex that goes on and all the condoms that they go through and stuff. I mean, you, you've got athletes from all over the world just together in a very close set situation. You, you wonder how they can do that, if they yeah, can do that. Somewhat ironic, but the, I think the Olympic torch was lit uh, just a couple of days ago. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a weird juxtaposition to see things closing left and right and tournaments and things like that ending while yeah. the Olympic torch is being lit. You know, it, it's interesting, Greg, because I, I mentioned this at the start of the show. Um, I'm a soccer fan. I know you are as well. And the, the Champions League soccer, which is every year – in, in Europe, they take the top two or three or four teams from different countries, Germany, England, whatever, and they, they put them all together and they have a big Champions League tournament. And yesterday were the playoffs to get into the quarterfinals. And Dortmund, out of Germany, was playing Paris Saint-Germain, which is the big France team. And they had, because of this, they had closed down the stadium, so fans weren't allowed in. That didn't stop. There were apparently thousands of fans that gathered in the parking lot outside the stadium <laughs> right, right. to cheer on the team while they're playing. So they're watching it on you know TVs or whatever, and they're they're cheering on the team. And it, I mean, it was it was kind of like okay, well, the idea was we we don't want to have thousands of people in close proximity, and it didn't matter. They they showed up to be in close proximity anyways, which tells you the difficulty you, you have. And, and my guess is. If whether it's the NBA or the NHL or Major League Baseball, if they had tried to play the games, the same sort of thing would have happened. I mean, can't you just see, you know, if opening day goes on and even if they don't let people in, I, I could see thousands of people showing up in that area just to kind of hang out and listen to the game. Yeah, sure. Or if the game is still on, on TV and radio, right, if you've got an avenue to right. pay attention and, and maybe that at least fills up some of the establishments on the perimeter of the of the parks around the country. But you're right, the, the ripple of effect goes well beyond you know the game on the surface of play okay well my interesting thing is going to be to see how you and and all your colleagues our colleagues on espn deal with this because you your bread and butter is talking about sports (laughs) and and i get today yeah you're you're talking about all the sports that aren't going to happen but if you have all the major sports except golf shut down for the next month or so my hat's off to you guys i you know. well nfl free agency does begin next week so there there might be something there that <laughs> yeah. uh, doesn't affect what happens on the surface of play right. and golf i mean it, it, and if, golf. If, if you're looking for sports it's it's the masters is still scheduled to go on you've got the pga championship that starts today i think in florida right so uh, the tpc tpc yep. Yep, right so interesting greg matzik thanks for spending some time yeah uh, it's just 
uh, you, the the thing about this is we are in completely and totally uncharted territory, and in some respects, in a different sort of way. It, it again, as I was saying earlier, it reminds me of the aftermath of nine eleven. Now, it just and I'm talking about from the perspective of the uncertainty and not knowing when you're going to get back to normal and not knowing, frankly, what normal it is a- anymore. But uh, we'll be here to talk about it. Back with more in just a moment. Uh, can we fire that thing up? Crew? No. You want, you want me? I'm supposed to give you advance notice of this, and I just... There we go. All right. All week. If you are a Marquette fan, if you are a sports fan, you can know about the great Al McGuire. you got to be an Al McGuire fan. And here's the deal. The one-person show, an all-new production, McGuire by Dick Enberg, from sidelines to life off the court. It shares the stories of a man adored by many at Marquette and beyond. I have a pair of tickets to give away to see McGuire by Dick Enberg. It's at the Northern Lights Theater at the Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino, April 1st through the 4th and the 7th and the 8th. It stars Anthony Crivello, who's a Milwaukee guy, movie actor. You'll recognize him, TV actor. Goes to pay, go to paysbig.com for more information. But right now, if you would like a pair of tickets... Let's give them to caller number 12. Caller 12 at 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Caller 12 wins a pair of tickets to see McGuire by Dick Enberg at the Northern Lights Theater at the Pottawatomie Hotel and Casino. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. We have our winner of a pair of tickets to, uh, again, see McGuire by Dick Enberg. Uh, keep listening. Tomorrow I'll have one more pair of tickets to give away. It's going to be a great show. If you don't win the tickets, it's worth checking it out anyways. Um, like I say, I've seen the show once before, and I am hoping to see this one as well. Just a, a follow-up on what we were talking about with uh, Greg. Uh, Major League Baseball, and, and I look, I, I'm bummed out by this whole thing on, on just so many different levels, but I'm a huge baseball fan, and I mean, I just, I, I can't wait for opening day. Opening day was supposed to be two weeks from today, you know, and of course, it's a big deal here at the station. It's a big deal here in Milwaukee. I am very optimistic about the Brewers' season. I understand some people might not be as much, but I, I think this team is going to um, certainly exceed expectations. In any event, the, the announcement, Major League Baseball has just come out with a statement. What they say they're doing is they are suspending spring training and they are delaying opening day by at least two weeks. So that's the statement, at least two weeks. I mean, there will be, I, I'm confident that there will be a Brewers opening day. And, and, you know, hopefully it will be sooner rather than later. But according to the Major League Baseball statement, it's it's not going to be March 26th. So for those of us who have made plans to well, I'll be at Miller Park uh, two weeks from today, doesn't appear that it's going to happen. Um, they say that they're going to suspend for at least to delay the start of the regular season for at least two weeks, and then what they're going to do is they're going to um, assess. And again, as we've been saying throughout the course of the program, it's this will run its course. And and I don't know, you know, I don't know when, don't know how long, but it it will run its course, you know, and we will we will move on, uh, and and hopefully 
will move on sooner rather than later, and hopefully we'll move on with as few people as possible who end up contracting this. And of those people who contract it, um, even fewer suffering serious long-term problems. I mean, so that, that's the hope, and I'm confident that, again, we're going to move on, but at least at this point in time, if you were counting on going to Miller Park two weeks from today, not going to happen. The start of the Major League Baseball season pushed back at least two weeks. They will reassess. Also, and we, we talked about this the, the other day, um, This what what's the big event coming up over the course of the next week? Well, it's St. Patrick's Day. Next Tuesday is St. Patrick's Day, but this weekend is when you have a number of the big parades, and uh, they canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston. They canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade in Chicago. They canceled the St. Patrick's Day parade in New York. Um, Up until today, the St. Patrick's Day parade in Milwaukee was still scheduled to go on. That has now been canceled as well. So the official St. Patrick's Day parade has been canceled. Now, at the same time, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of people, parade or not, who are going to be packing into a, a number of the watering holes, you know, particularly the, the Irish bars throughout Milwaukee. And I think they're going to be still celebrating St. Patrick's Day, but there won't be a parade around which to do it. And if you're one of those people who's going to be going out, I I would be the last person to say, don't go out, don't live your life. But again, you know, Practice hygiene and, you know, just be, be careful about coming into contact with other people and use that hand sanitizer and wash it all down with Guinness and some Jameson's Irish whiskey that I always insist on drinking on St. Patrick's Day to honor my dear late Irish mom, and, and you will end up being fine. But no St. Patrick's Day parade in Milwaukee either this year. Back with more in just a couple minutes. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. <laughs> Another tough day in the stock market. I, I thought maybe things were looking up. Um, originally, the stock market at one point in time this morning was down 2,000 points. Just, you know, uh, on top of yesterday's decline of however many points and then the decline earlier this week of how many points. I mean, it's it has, it has been brutal. And the, the reality is that any money you made in the stock market, well, probably over the last two, three years, is probably now gone. Now, now still... If you go back to say 2016, you know, you, my guess is you're still up. You're just not up anywhere near as much as you were a month ago. And I, you know, how long this is going to last, no, nobody can tell you. There is, I, I think, an element of panic that's starting to see here. And then there's also an element of concern about the effect the coronavirus is having on a variety of industries. And again, if my premise is right, that at some point in time, this, this too will pass. Um, at some point in time, people are going to start flying again. At some people, point in time, people are going to start taking cruises. Don't know exactly when that's going to happen, and there might be some rocky days ahead. But you know, at, at the end of the day, do, do I think the U.S. Do I believe in the U.S. economy? Do I think it's strong? Absolutely. Um, you know, President Trump last night. I don't think he was as clear as he could have been in, in some of his remarks. He announced that there was a a travel ban from Europe for 30 days. 
and the everywhere in Europe except the United Kingdom. The one thing that I think led to a lot of confusion and a lot of uncertainty last night is the fact that this travel ban that he implemented applies to most foreign nationals who have been in any 26 European countries um, during the for uh, 14 days before their scheduled U.S. arrival. I think there was some confusion with people who wondered whether that applied to U.S. nationals who were overseas. So, you know, if you're, your daughter is studying in France, all right, does this now mean that she can't get back? And, and the answer is no. It applies to foreign nationals, at least at this point in time, not U.S. citizens who would, in fact, be allowed to return. Now, the issue, of course, is given what's going on with the airlines and things like that, how how difficult is it to get a flight, say, if you're trying to fly from Paris to, to Chicago or New York or whatever? That's a completely different story. But but the travel ban right now applies to foreign nationals. It does not apply to U.S. citizens. So you have, you have friends or relatives who are in Spain or in Germany. Um, they're they're going to be able to get back, assuming, of course, that they are U.S. citizens or married to U.S. citizens.